From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. This edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'm Chase Parham and a couple interviews for you on today's show. We're going to talk with uh, NewRebelGrove.com intern Haley Melodic. She uh, has joined us the last couple weeks. She's in charge of our Alexa Flash briefings, which we hope you're uh, subscribing to on your Alexa-enabled app. Just gives you information about our podcast every day, any news surrounding Ole Miss sports as well. So you can uh, you can download or not download that. You can add that skill to your Alexa app. Haley takes care of that. She's also helping us with some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, and she's going to do some podcast things for us as well. So we talked to her today about her uh, experience as an Ole Miss student during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, what online learning has been like, what brought her to Ole Miss in general, and some other uh, topics to let you get to know her a little bit. And then also on today's show, we're going to speak with Braden Thornberry, the 2017 NCAA champion, the professional golfer from Ole Miss, who is uh, starting his uh, season on the Corn Ferry Tour coming up very, very soon. He also was playing one Neil McCready in a uh, charity golf match on Sunday morning at Country Club of Oxford. So we talk about all those things with him, what his season's like, what kind of shape his game's in, and what he's been doing during the uh, the COVID pandemic as well. So those two interviews on this uh, kind of extra edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. You can also find Thursday night's live show in podcast form in our uh, in our host site, SoundCloud, Apple uh, Podcast app, Podbean, everywhere that you listen to this uh, this podcast. So we will tell you we're coming from the uh, Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900 is the phone number. Let Corey be your truck guy. Let him be your car guy. Let him take care of you. He will uh, do what is necessary to get the car deal that you uh, you need there with Clark Ford and Amory. Also, again, it's Oxford Exxon Podcast. That's the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Speed Pass Plus app. Take advantage of it at any Blue Sky location in Mississippi, including the Oxford Exxon. You can use the app. You don't have to go. You don't have to touch the card readers. You don't have to pay inside. You can uh, be as safe as possible in today's uh, health climate with the Speed Pass Plus app. You can also go next door to the Oxford Crystal. Use the drive-thru. Pick up some... Uh, some food there for you at the Oxford Crystal and Ottawa Combo locations in Mississippi. Also, um, the, both our guests coming to you on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Water now uh, open. Take advantage of that, and we'll bring you more information from Rafters as uh, we know it as the uh, the days go by. So we're going to jump right into it now. We're going to talk to uh, Haley Melodic here on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Haley Melodic now here with us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. A little bit of an introductory uh, segment here with Haley for our listeners. You've heard her voice on the Alexa flash briefings that we've gotten started and some different things that we're uh, we're doing. She's going to help me out on Sunday as we film Braden Thornberry kicking Neil's tail up and down a golf course. But we're going to make the rules as much as we can to, uh, to, to, to make that one fair. So we'll have a good time. She'll help us out with that on social media and whatnot. So, Haley, thanks for uh, – Thanks for the time today. I know you, uh, you you had to deliver some groceries this morning, but for the most part, your days are uh, pretty free right now. Yeah, they're pretty open right now, just enjoying summer and um, helping out and stuff like that with y'all stuff. So not too much going on. So I, a, lot, a lot of different ways I could kind of go here just to start off. But as far as just now that the semester is over um, – now that all the online elements and everything, I mean, how would you kind of categorize what these past three or four months have been like for you and just for, you know, really students at large at Ole Miss as they've had to deal with this? 
Yeah, um, it was definitely an odd time, to say the least. Um, Just transitioning to online, I'm not a big online person. Um, I like to be there and in class with my peers and other stuff like that. I really like the social aspect, even if it's at 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, It was weird, definitely. It was a huge transition and... Just this semester, I was definitely taking more advanced classes. Um, For those who don't know, I'm a broadcast journalism major. So I was taking some advanced news reporting classes, um, a sports reporting class with David Kellum, um, just a bunch of um, advanced classes where I really could have used the feedback and the wisdom from the professors. Um, But... I eventually got it. The first few weeks were definitely the worst. I feel like everyone was kind of like running around, didn't know what to do. But once everyone got the hang of it, it was, you know, it was a lot easier. Motivation was definitely, and I can say this for most students, was motivation was not um, as high as it should have been for me. Um, It's so easy to just roll out of bed and jump on a Zoom call at 8.30 in the morning and your teacher say, okay, um, or professor, excuse me, say, oh, you have to do this and this and this, and you're like, ah, I'll get around to it, you know? So it was weird, but it was, it's been good. I'm glad it's over, and I'm really hoping for an in-class semester in the fall. I can honestly say he's one of the nicest humans I've ever met, but what's David Kellum like as a teacher? <laughs> he's an awesome, he's an awesome teacher, and um, he, um, has a lot of wisdom there and you know he set up some really cool opportunities for us um just we only got him for a few weeks um because it was during basketball season I had a my spring semester with him obviously um and he had like we were going to tour the baseball facilities and the football facilities and do post-game reports after a game on camera off camera so he had a lot of really great opportunities um, and he's been doing it for over 40 years. So that yeah. wisdom that he has would have been great to um, get to learn more about him. But he's he's a funny guy. He's really, really, really a good teacher, honestly. So take me back to it a little bit, because I know you obviously had spring break. You don't know what's coming right after that. Um, were you? Did you go back home? Were you somewhere? And sort of what was that that week leading up to everything going online? And at what point did you realize, hey, my you know the second semester of my junior year is about to be impacted to this level? Yeah, I um, went on spring break to Gulf Shores with my friends for a few days. And then I headed home to Texas um, after and during spring break. It was kind of a joke, like not not a joke, obviously, but it was kind of like, oh, Corona, you know, like um, all of that stuff. And then I was home and all of the news just kept pouring in. Oh, Belmont canceled um, classes for in-person in the spring and these all these universities and I was like oh they're about to cancel Miss like they're going to this is going to be an online semester so I really it was about mid of spring break right when I got home I was like oh there's no way all of this stuff think of baseball think of all this stuff and then we got the news and it was we were all just like wow wow that really was just shocked I just couldn't believe that Everyone was moving to online, and then I started thinking about, luckily I have um, live off campus, but I started thinking some of my sorority sisters who live on campus and those freshmen who are living in the dorm, you know, it took me more than one semester to figure Mm -hmm. out, 
you know, the whole college thing. So I really felt for those people who kind of just were kicked out, had to find a place. But it definitely sunk in right when all of the universities started following each other. I can't remember who was the first one to really be like, we're going online just, you know, for safety measures and stuff like that. But I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, I'm about to be online. Do you think that it was a little, you talk about motivation, different things, but at least you've had some experience. I mean, how much, how different would that have been had you been a freshman or had just kind of coming into it where really you are not just for the online only, but in general trying to find enough motivation and figure out schedules and, and, and kind of be a little more of a grown up, if that's fair. Oh, I Yeah, totally. I, like I was saying, I just felt for those freshmen just because I'm a routine person. I'm a creature of habit. I like to do the same thing over and over again. And I just think it was detrimental, you know, and especially some people who come to Ole Miss, um, like me out of state, you know, it took, I didn't know anyone coming into college. Um, so it took time to meet those people and build those relationships and really figure out how I was going to do the whole college thing. So I think it was, it was, it had to be really hard for those freshmen, those people who were looking forward to that spring semester. Cause spring is a great time, um, along with fall, but I just, I know that it was definitely hard to, it's going to be hard to recover. It's going to become hard to come back and just jump back in the normalcy of college. What's the biggest thing as far as the fall? I mean, it sounds like unless something crazy happens, you guys are at least going to be able to go back to classes, but there are going to be things different. I mean, it's very possible that maybe your fraternity parties aren't the same, different things along those lines, different concerts, social engagements. I mean, what, what is sort of your mindset going into your, your final year with it not looking exactly like what maybe you anticipated? I would say my mindset right now is I'm just hoping for that normalcy for the last year. You know, I've heard a lot of people saying, um, I'm definitely, I've taken a lot of precautions toward this. I, you know, I've done my job of staying in and not going out and masks and all of that. So I'm just hoping, my mindset is I want it to be there. Um, I don't know, just mentally, I don't know if people are there for another online semester. I think it helps so much, just communication and other reasons to be with in-person classes. So I personally, and I know a lot of other students, um, just want to be back, just want that last year. And I really feel for the seniors who, um, you know, got that last semester kind of taken from them. So I've kind of looked at them and thought, wow, I want as much as that last year I can get at Ole Miss. So you went home a couple of weeks ago, um, right after final exams. You're there, I, I guess, a week or, or give or take. What what is sort of the environment? You're from New Braunfels, as you said. What what is the what is the environment in Texas versus Mississippi? I mean, compare, contrast, kind of where they are from an opening up, or just oh, kind of overall mood, if you will. Yeah. Um, well, when I went home, Mississippi was worlds different from what people were doing in Texas. I felt like Texas was, you know. A lot in the media, it was like, oh, it's the first one to open. Oh, a spike. Oh, this. I just felt it had a completely different feel to it. It felt like it was just kind of like normal, like everyone was back to doing their same routine. No mask if you didn't want to. Um, restaurants open. And now, of course, restaurants are open um, to some capacity. But, I mean, they were open. It was kind of, it was very normal, to be completely honest. It was it was a nice break, but it is also, you know, 
important to do those things. Were there things that you sort of shot away from? I mean, what was sort of your mentality going back home as far as, hey, what, what, what am I comfortable with doing versus what's technically legal to do? Yeah, somewhat. I was definitely shocked to the mask in the grocery store and other things. And um, I just was so used to, you know, being so cautious and being in Oxford and, you know, so small knit. And then I got back home and it was just a lot different. Like probably I think people could throw on a mask in a grocery store. I think that could uh, benefit everyone. But hey, who am I to say that? I'll wear my mask. You don't have to. Did you uh, have, have you ordered masks? Do you have like designer ones? What are we doing? What, 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 what are we doing mask wise right now? We're doing a one of our family friends, his mother was making masks okay. and so my parents bought a few from her and I don't know where it, but it um, has like computers and all this other stuff so it's probably not the most fashionable thing okay. um, ever but it does the job you so. don't have 10 or 15 you're matching anything nope. or anything along those nope, lines no nope, nope. I got um, a new one at the hair salon yesterday so I have two masks now was that a little weird? Because I'll tell you, that was the first thing I did when, when everything re- opened back up. And I had the mask, you had the gloves on, the whole deal. But a haircut was the very first thing. I mean, people were going to make fun of me over that, but it was. And I, I walked in and I thought, okay, this is fine. I trust that everything's good. But I had a really weird sense kind of fall over me a little bit. Like I, when I sat down, I was like, this this is more kind of anxious than maybe I was anticipating before yeah. I walked in here. Yeah. Um, I have been getting my hair done for so long and um I went and some salons at home were saying that they're doing all this stuff and um they're like making you go home to wash your own hair and doing all this stuff so yesterday I mean it was really simple you had to call outside and then your Mm -hmm. stylist came and got you and then I remember I had to wear a mask inside and I kind of looked at her and I was like uh do I have to wear this the whole time because I'm not the biggest fan of the mask in the entire world. I'm happy to wear one, but it gets a little stuffy in there sometimes. Um, So I was like, do I have to wear this? And she was like, no, only if we're walking around. But it definitely felt different. You know, it was such like everyone, I kept hearing like, oh, I can't wait to get a haircut. I can't wait to get my hair done. I can't wait to do all this stuff. So sitting there and actually doing it, I was kind of like, oh, this is odd. But they were doing a good job of, you know, separating and stuff like that. You mentioned not knowing anybody when you came to Ole Miss. What was it? What, what was sort of your college choices? What was it about Ole Miss? What's what, what's the what's the version of that story from why you uh, got here? Okay, um, it's kind of a funny story. I have a lot of family from Louisiana, and I always wanted to go to LSU. I know, oh, just yeah. And so I always really wanted to go to LSU. Then just further looking into Baton Rouge and other stuff, realized. Um, probably not the best place for me. So I came to my first Ole Miss game junior year, fall of my junior year of high school. And they were playing, mm, not Auburn. I can't remember. It might've been a small team. Okay. And um, went to the Grove, did the Grove. And I said, I'm not applying anywhere else. This is where I'm going to be. I didn't apply to another school. I got what I needed on the ACT and I (laughs) got right in. And so it was definitely, it was a transition, but I'm so glad I did. I met great people, you know, got great opportunities um, just from kind of doing my own thing. So had it not been Ole Miss, would it have been LSU? Did you have a second place? Like, well, who was in the lead at that point? Ole Miss was in the lead. Um, I didn't really have a second choice. A lot of my um, high school 
goes to Texas A&M because okay. um, I'm located in Central Texas. So we're about two and a half hours from College Station and 45 minutes from UT. And so UT, not a lot of people I know went there. Um, it's kind of hard to get in. Um, but it not too many people. So a lot of people went to A&M. So I was like, you know what? If um, Ole Miss didn't work out and, you know, I wanted to stay closer to home, I would go to A&M. So that was kind of my backup choice, but I knew I wanted to get out of state and just, I always kind of wanted to go out of state. So what are your impressions of uh, A&M people? I, I, (laughs) all my friends are A&M people. Um, I love college station. I love going there. I love going to visit. I love the fun rivalry when it's Ole Miss A&M weekend. Um, my older brother graduated from A&M and so we're kind of a, divided family but i always love going to college station love the people just it's a great place the bubbles at the baseball game kind of freak me out i'll be honest it's like a kind of a weird deal i'm like all right I, there, there, there's there, there's a few you know, we, we, we make jokes on the podcast we call them a cult occasionally especially since ross is gone but I, I, it's okay i'm guilty i'm guilty okay fair enough um you know but you, you mentioned that you, you come out of state was there ever any, not, not really even concern or anything, but how did you weigh the fact that, you know, you didn't know anybody, it is a completely new place, far away from home? I mean, what was what was sort of your mindset on, on dealing, with, dealing with that, whether it be a positive or a negative? Yeah, um, I definitely came in um, weighing the negatives and the positive, and I just always had that mindset of, like, you've got to meet people, you've got to get out there, you've got to introduce yourself, don't be afraid, Um the my longest friend in college I told her we met at orientation and I told her I liked her shoes and we've lived together ever since oh. we've been great friends at orientation and um I just really knew that I had to put myself out there and meet new people and all that stuff and um but there were definitely some negatives there the first semester was odd you know even after joining a sorority it's still like you don't have that close-knit group of friends that you did I've been going to the same school as my friends from home since kindergarten pre-k-3 so it was a big transition and it was hard to see them all in college station together and or wherever they were um just hanging out but I'm so glad I did so so lucky to meet all these new great people and have, you know, my life at home and those friends and then the people I met here, which is, it's really special. So what size, what's, what's New Braunfels like? Cause obviously I think most Ole Miss people only know it in maybe relation to James MacArthur who pitched here, but I mean, otherwise yeah. what is, what, what, what's sort of your hometown like in relation to Oxford? Um, so it's about 70,000. Okay. Um, we have two high schools. Um, we always, I always kind of think of, towns based on how many high schools there are I know that's just my quirky way of doing it but um there's two high schools we have two rivers in New Braunfels um that it's kind of a big tourist spot I don't know if you've ever heard of Schlitterbahn it's like the water park of the country and it's in New Braunfels um and then we have like there's just a bunch of different stuff to do um it's a re- it was a really great place to grow up. There was always something different going on. We have this huge festival there called Worst Fest, and it's a 10-day salute to beer and sausage. Okay. Like, All right. Who doesn't love that? Um, and so it's it's a really great place, bigger than Oxford, but I still call it a small town just because everybody knows everybody, and you know we all grew up there. So it's gotten a lot bigger. I think now it's the third fastest-growing city in the nation um, just because it's su- in such close – proximity to San Antonio and Austin. It's right in the middle of those two. So 
Yeah, you mentioned the water. It's where the Springfed River River runs through, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. right. Okay. That's the Kilmau River. Um and so a lot of tubing, um a lot of fun stuff. So when you finish, you have a year left, but yeah, you know, I mean obviously you're dealing with us trying to figure out what you want to do a little bit. What is the thought to go back to Texas, go back home? I mean, what where does what is sort of your idea of what's next after right, you know, as of right now? You have time, obviously. Yeah. Uh, my options are really open, you know, it's wherever I'd love to go back home, you know, um, I'd love to stay also around here. I just don't really have that picked out yet. Um, which I, like you said, I still have time, but I mean, I really like wherever I'll end up. I think I'll be okay. What drew you to broadcast journalism to, I know you're interested in radio, obviously doing things with the podcast side with us. What, uh, what, what is it about that medium that made you think, maybe think it was what you wanted for your career? Yeah, I think I was always so interested in how one people, one person, excuse me, um, could reach so many people, um, just what they say, what they do that always kind of sparked my interest from a young age. And, um, I just loved watching, um, you know, news and seeing people like that, which sounds like a really cliche answer, but it's true on my part. Um, and then I took a broadcast journalism class, um, my senior year of high school. And I loved being on the morning announcements. I like lived for it. I looked forward to it every day. Um, and just people being like, Oh, Hey, saw you on the morning announcements. Oh, Hey, good job today. I just really liked that aspect of it. And just, I don't know. It was always kind of something I wanted to do. And I, I like to write and other stuff like that. Um, but I just kind of, I chose it off, you know, taking that class and I was like, Hey, I'm really interested in this. Um, this is definitely something I would want to do in the future. Did you have any idea what Ole Miss offered in those areas before you actually uh, decided it was Ole Miss or was it strictly the Grove? You can be honest. It was strictly the okay. Grove. <laughs> just because I went junior year and I was like, Hey, I don't, I don't really care what I major in. And then I was like, Oh, they have, you know, a great journalism program. So that was kind of just a plus, but it was, it was truthfully just my first game day. Okay. That's fair. I was just, <laughs> yeah, just, just kind of curious. So you, I mentioned at the beginning, you, uh, you've been doing a little Instacart and in your, uh, your, your free time here. I'll be honest. You told me, and I, I wasn't laughing because of the job or whatever, but just from any kind of delivery situation the people you run across the things I mean have you gotten a lesson in human nature if nothing else over the course of this month or so oh absolutely it's been a really interesting way to just you know I always tell my friends I like to see what people eat and I like to see and I play a little game with myself I decide what the person's gonna look like before I get to there based off their shopping list based off their shopping list. And most of the time I'm not accurate in the slightest, but sometimes I get pretty close. And um, it's been a really neat way I've came across, I've driven around places in Oxford I never knew existed, Um, especially down Highway 7. I'm like, okay, I'm 14 minutes down Highway 7. How are we still in Oxford? It's just, but I've came across some, you know, some really nice people, some not so nice people, but I've developed a lot of stories while doing it somebody's been rude while you're delivering groceries to them oh yeah absolutely and that's my whole thing is i'm like i uh, i opened my trunk and they lived on a hill and they had two it's funny that i remember the exact details because this happened like maybe three weeks ago but i opened the trunk of my car and they had two two liters of um ginger ale and of course they fell out, started bouncing down their driveway. And I'm, it's like my last order. 
I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm not good in those situations. So I just walked it straight up to the door, put it down. I promise I'm usually a better delivery person. I just was not feeling it. And she came out and she was like, are you seriously not going to tell me about the ginger ale? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, all this stuff. But in those sections, I'm just like, just go get it yourself. If you're really going to get mad at me for something that I can't control, just go to the convenience store and get two ginger ales yourself. <laughs> so what are people uh, What are people buying that you've been shocked by? Is there, is there a lot of a couple things you're like, wait, why is everybody getting this? Do we have anything, anything interesting? Sometimes this... Um, I was delivering today earlier, actually this morning, I usually just do it for like two hours a day. Um, but, um, she ordered, um, four things, large things of coffee creamer Okay. and no coffee. <laughs> and so I, just, I just thought to myself, I was like, Oh, does she drink it? Like maybe no milk, no nothing else. Just four things of Starbucks coffee creamer. Um, so that's been kind of weird. A lot of people, you know, it's just like their normal family things. Um, I had a lady order probably 24 Lunchables one time. So I was a little annoyed by that because you have to scan each item before you put it in the cart just so like the app can make sure that you're getting the right thing. And so if it's a different like, not flavor of Lunchable, but if it's like ham and cheddar versus turkey and American, you know, you have to scan the separate ones. And so I just like seeing what, I don't know, it's interesting to see what people eat and like. Maybe they order their coffee online. Maybe they ground their own beans or something. I mean, you yes, never know. So I was like, I, I think I texted a friend and I was like, have you ever tried this? Like, is it good enough to drink? Because I honestly assumed that they were just like drinking it, but I can't imagine. So I, obviously we're doing a little sports right now. Where, where, where do you kind of fall on... Um, interest in sports as far as something, and maybe not even professional related, but just in general. And then, uh, I know you're a big podcast person. What are you kind of listening to right now? Um, I listen to a lot of, I listen to some sports. I listen to a lot of pop culture. Um, I kind of always say I'm really interested in pop culture and not just like A-list celebrities or anything about like that. Just like, honestly, all of it, um, I'm interested in sports always. That was kind of my plan in the beginning is to do, you know, pursue a sports journalism career after um, college, just because I've always been interested in sports. Some I know a lot better than others. I um, grew up around baseball. um, So always that's at the top of my list and then football and basketball and other stuff like that. So there's definitely an interest in sports. Um, for after college, but I listen to pop culture things. I listen to some NPR people just to get um, my news, but I usually get a lot of news and stuff like that on social media. But if I need to double check on something, I can always find a podcast. Um, I like to listen to podcasts when I'm exercising um, rather than like what most people do in the car and stuff like that. So listen to a few different things. So what do you what are you kind of missing most from the semester? I mean, kind of last thing. I mean, as far as what, what everything got taken away. I mean, is it just the the routine and the normalcy, or what? Like, what's been the biggest thing that you thought, hey, that kind of sucks that that hadn't been going on the last few months? Yeah, um, I would say the normalcy of just the spring semester. You know, spring semester is fun. Um, felt like I missed out on a you know what could have been a great baseball season. Um, what could have been a lot of fun parties and stuff. Um, But what I really miss the most is just, like, seeing people other than, you know, 
the people around me and who I'm allowed to see and stuff like that. I really miss seeing those peers that, you know, we wouldn't normally be friends outside of class, but, mm-hmm. you know, we've created a relationship in class and, um, that's really what I miss. And just like you said, the routine, the normalcy, um, I'm looking forward to getting that back for sure. Okay. We'll uh, obviously have more of you here on the side on MPW Digital, uh, family of, uh, of networks and, uh, and the like. So appreciate the time today. Yeah. Thanks to Haley for introducing herself and talking to you guys this uh, this morning. We're going to jump right back into with our second interview of the, uh, of the show and our final interview of the show as well. Here's Braden Thornberry on the Rafters of Music and Food Hotline. Brayden Thornberry now joining me on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Brayden, first, uh, thanks for being a pretty good sport. Sent you a text earlier in the week and said I've got kind of a stupid idea, but it's uh, for charity, trying to to help a lot of things. So uh, look forward to, uh, to to Sunday. We we promise to get you out of there as quickly as possible and to uh, to let you at least hit a few golf shots before I make you play the entire back nine with a putter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries at all. Any any chance to raise money and. Especially, you know, kind of do it in a fun way is always good. So I mean, let's, let's talk about a little bit of uh, some other stuff first as far as you. You're getting back going, uh, the, the golf schedule, the PGA Tour, the Cohen Ferry Tours, things getting back going here pretty soon as the summer's getting here. What has this time been like? I mean, what's what was the last tournament officially you played in, and then what's kind of been going on since that point for you? Uh, the last official tournament I played was in Mexico, I think, sometime in February. And, you know, kind of the whole, we had a, a week off after that, and that was when kind of everything blew up, and, you know, all of our tournaments got suspended. And, you know, at first I didn't really play too much the first couple of weeks. I was just kind of hanging out because nobody really know, knew what this was going to be like. And then, you know, kind of after that, once courses started opening up and, you know, we had a little better grasp of, you know, how everything was going to be, I, you know, started practicing again. And, you know, the last month or two I've been, uh, you know, keeping my game sharp and playing a lot, so. Uh, it's been, you know, definitely an odd thing because, you know, starting the year, I didn't think I'd have a random, you know, two and a half months or whatever in the middle of the year, but, uh, trying to take, you know, positives from it with my golf game, there's obviously it's tough, but, you know, trying to make the best of, you know, weird situation. What is that like when you try to ramp it up or are you on the range a good bit? Is there certain practice things you do? Is it a matter of being on the course a lot? I mean, what does that look like when you're sort of trying to get back into tournament or game shape? I definitely play more. I mean, when you're trying to, you know, get, you know, maybe work on your swing or, you know, kind of maintain, you can kind of practice for a couple hours a day, but actually before a tournament, I definitely, you know, would rather get out there and just play 18 holes, you know, five days in a row, like whether it's, you know, in a cart or not, or just, you know, get those reps in and you see, you know, on the range, there's just no pressure. There's no, you know, certain tee shots that, you know, you have to step up and you get a little nervous and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, even if it's not a tournament when you're playing and, you know, playing with your friends or whatever, you can, uh, you know, simulate a little bit of that that pressure and kind of the flow of a golf round. So definitely, definitely try to play more. You know, leading up to a tournament, and that's kind of you know how I feel sharp. You mentioned walking or cart wise. Is there something to kind of getting back into a shape from a walking standpoint when you know you got to do it five, six, seven days in a row, whatever it is? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. you can do. You know, I've been you know running a little bit and uh, doing some you know yoga and different workouts and stuff, but nothing really simulates the you know walking five or six miles over you know when it's hot and you know, you're trying to, you know, do your profession or whatever with the walking in the middle and stuff. So there's nothing that really simulates it other than actually walking in course, which uh, is tough to do sometimes because, you know, it, it does waste a lot of time when, you know, there's an option to just take a card and, you know, you get a lot more holes in, a lot more shots in that are uh, obviously important to practice. So, but you definitely have to make sure and, uh, you know, kind of do that every once in a while, make sure you're still in decent shape with that. And uh, I played in a charity event the other day in Dallas out at uh, Merido to kind of, you know, raise some money for this stuff. And 
uh, we were carrying our own bags and it was about 90 degrees out there. So that was a good little kind of wake up call and, you know, ready for the season. So where is your game right now? What are, how are you feeling about it? Uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's always kind of what you're saying. It's tough to really tell until you get in, into tournament modes. Cause there's certain shots, you know, in tournaments that are more demanding, you feel a little pressure and, uh, stuff like that. But I mean, it feels as, you know, as good as it can right now, you know, being at home, but, uh, I guess we'll see later. Has it been kind of weird? Just I, mean, I know not necessarily time off per se, but I mean your schedule's been packed for a long time now. I mean through college and everything else. I mean what was what was it sort of like just handling the downtime that came with this uh, this hiatus? Uh, I mean, there we've had downtime in the past. You know, in college, you know, over the winter and stuff, we had a couple months, and then uh, with the Corn Ferry Tour, it kind of ends in you know September and doesn't start till January. So we've had some off time, but this one kind of the weird thing was it was for a couple of months, it was like indefinite on when we were going to, you know, start back. So that was kind of the weird thing is, you know, usually even if it's a three month break, you know, the exact date that you're playing again, then you can kind of uh, like plan around that a little bit. But this one was kind of weird just because you didn't know if we were going to be playing you know, in a month and a half or maybe not even at all this year. And so that was kind of the, the weird thing to practice for when you didn't know at all when you were going to get back. What have you kind of learned so far? I mean, obviously you're getting into a first full season where you're going to kind of you know grind week in week out a little more as this thing continues on. But you know, from your time at Ole Miss, I know you you know obviously had the fourth place finish at South, win different things. But from a from a week to week standpoint, what is is there anything that surprised you, or what have, what have you had to kind of improve on, or has 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 kind of took you and taken you back a little bit? Uh, probably the biggest difference is just the amount of golf. It's way more. I mean, in college we played. You know, we'd do a practice round and then, you know, maybe three rounds. Then we'd have, you know, two weeks between where we are, you know, working out and practicing. So it's not like we're, you know, there's a ton of downtime. But, you know, I've played 10 weeks in a row last year at one point, And it was, you know, basically get there on Monday. You know, you're playing 18 on Tuesday, maybe a pro-am on Wednesday, four rounds in a row, travel again on Monday, do the same thing the next week. And, I mean, you're doing that for, I think I left my house on maybe May 28th and got back like middle of August. So, I mean, it was just straight golf you know no time to do anything else and then you know after a couple weeks in you pretty much you can't really even do any fun stuff because you're trying to save every bit of energy you have so uh that's definitely the the amount of golf is definitely the the biggest difference for sure so what's the mental thing like and maybe you can block it out but i think it would bother me as far as you know even when you're an amateur no matter what the event is you're just you know you're playing to, to finish or whatever but now when it's more livelihood based you know hey if i make this putt or miss this putt it's the difference in thousands of dollars and different things i mean or, or is that something that mentally you've got to get past and not think of when you're out on a golf course and you're just trying to play uh i've never really worried about that too much you know i was lucky enough to have you know a couple sponsors mm. with you know titles and stuff and I wasn't ever, you know, struggling too bad on in with the money. And a lot of guys on the Corn Ferry are, you know, especially right now, they're they're going through tough times and stuff. But I've been, you know, kind of fortunate with where I can kind of focus on actually, you know, playing good in the tournaments. And I'm more worried about, you know, the points and certain finishes and actual, uh, you know, money and stuff. Obviously, the money's great, but you know, that's not really what you know the Corn Ferry Tour is about. It's more about you know moving up to that next level. So. Um, but definitely, yeah, there's there's some guys out there that I know will be struggling from this, and you know, hopefully we. Can, get back out there as planned and you know everything go well what is that like when you're coming out of college you're trying to figure out whether you know titleists and different sponsors and things or clubs i mean is it is it almost kind of like courts you a little bit i mean i'm not asking for anything overly specific but just in general how does that process sort of work as you make those decisions yeah i mean it's a it's a similar kind of thing that you know the college recruiting type stuff i mean uh my kind of mine kind of came down to you know callaway and titleist that was the two clubs that i kind of had in my bag a little bit in college but 
Uh, you know, most of my bag was Titleist. I played at Titleist golf ball, and it's always what I've kind of preferred. And then, you know, after they came up with basically equal equal stuff, I knew that I wanted to be with Titleist, and just it was it was a pretty easy decision for me because I could basically. Uh, you know, get paid to play in college, and basically, it's what I would be playing regardless. So, uh, it definitely made the most sense, and definitely happy with the decision for sure. Do you notice a ton of difference in the clubs per se? I mean, I, I know you know, obviously in the the market, and everybody buys them and goes, "Hey, this is the new driver that does this, or this does this." But I mean, how, how much difference do you see that? Because obviously, you've had the ability to try whatever you want to try. I mean, how much difference is there in clubs, or is is there something that just feels a little different to, to certain people? Uh, there's definitely differences in all the clubs. I mean, all the, the top, you know, four or five brands or whatever there is, they all make really good stuff, obviously, if, you know, the best players in the world play, you know, different brands. But uh, kind of the thing I would like with uh, with Titleist is that you always – I was talking about this with somebody the other day, that you go, it's very reliable. You know, there's always the hot driver that comes out or whatever from different brands and, you know, different stuff. But Titleist is always just right there. There's never a club that's terrible that people have to, like, skip around or anything. So – uh, and then obviously the golf ball, the Titleist ball is the best, you know, kind of undisputed throughout all of them. So mm-hmm. um, I just think that, you know, they're all good and you can get used to it. But just for me personally, I just think Titleist is, is kind of a no-brainer. If, uh, and kind of the thing that shows that is a lot of guys that don't have club deals always end up playing, you know, Titleist wedges, Titleist ball, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, for kind of, I guess, fans out there looking at what they should buy, that's usually a – kind of a good test is kind of look at what the guys are playing that aren't getting paid by anyone this thing has turned into a very long season for you guys they're not going to do the typical 25 uh, graduates to the pga tour off the corn ferry this year like every other year um and maybe you've already answered this a little bit because you're just worried about piling up points and events and doing the best you can week to week but you know how is that kind of different because you know in in the past you've been able to go hey if we do these things and you get into maybe the web finals or corn fairy finals if, if that's necessary i mean what's what what is what are the big differences to you as far as week to week with the uh, schedule change yeah there's a little bit different mindset change now because you know every other season basically the same amount of points it was you know around a win is around 500 points for kind of uh to kind of reference but around 800 points is usually what got you your card mm-hmm. so kind of everyone knew that it was a little bit of almost a pressure to get there. So this year, no, nobody really knows. And I think over, you know, 47 events, roughly, instead of 25, I think people will just start to, well, at least for me, I'll just start to play golf instead of worrying about actual, you know, points and where I'm at and all that stuff. So I think it'll be good for, especially the good players, I think it'll be good in the long run that, uh, you know, just the more events and I think the more that, you know, consistency will rise at the top. So this is uh, going to run three three years to the day that you did win the NCAA tournament in 2017. Uh, looking back, what what still kind of sticks out? What do you remember most from those uh, those couple days? Uh, it was it was really cool. I mean, uh, I kind of remember different things about each day. I know you know the first round I got off to a great start, and I think I shot six under that day. And you know the team was playing well, and uh, it was kind of you know the middle was a little bit of a blur. But I remember the last day we we just missed out as a team of advancing the last day which was mm-hmm. uh it was unfortunate at the time but i really do think it was ended up being cool that uh I, I got to have all my friends you know right there with me the whole round and you know parents and you know my teammates all that kind of stuff were watching the whole day and that was i really like kind of fed off that uh kind of energy so that was uh it sucked that we weren't you know as a team the last day but that was a really cool environment and uh just you know happy with the way everything turned out obviously and it was it was a cool day did you sleep pretty well the night before the final round? What was that kind of like? To because uh, I mean, obviously you'd won tournaments and going to bet on leads or different things, but I mean, what was it like the night before the final round for that one? 
Yeah, I don't remember any struggles. I'd have I'd, I'd struggled a couple times uh, with sleeping before tournaments, but I don't remember sleeping before that one poorly just because I think I was just so confident in my game. And also, I don't think I realized quite how big the tournament was because I, after I won, there was a lot of stuff that came with it, you know, as far as interviews and, you know, Golf Channel stuff and all that. And uh, I think if I would have realized, like, kind of the magnitude of it, that I would have uh, been a little more nervous. So it's probably a good thing. So uh, we're going to do this on uh, on Sunday morning. You know very little other than what I've told you about the whole uh, the, the whole thing as we're getting this. You but you probably have not played a golf round with somebody who's shot into the 150s before in a while, have you, Braden? <laughs> yeah, probably never. <laughs> so um, we'll have a good time. We'll, uh, we'll we'll be pretty good sports with it. We'll uh, we'll 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 raise some money for a couple of good causes um, locally for uh, for both places and uh, get as much stream to people as we can. But we appreciate the uh, the time tonight. I know you've been practicing a little bit today, trying to dodge a little weather as well. And we'll uh, we'll see you in a couple of days. I appreciate it, bud. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Hope to raise some money for good causes. Thanks to Haley and Braden for giving us some time to uh, today on this, again, kind of extra edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. We would love for you to get involved with this uh, this golf match on Sunday morning around 8.30, 8.42 actually is our start time for this. We're going to do our best to stream it in a, in a couple different spots or we'll at least pick the best one. I'm still investigating that a little bit, but you'll be able to follow with updates on the message board on social media and probably the YouTube uh, stream that we have, the Rebel Grove page, the Ole Miss Sports page. That is our YouTube home. So we're going to find some information about that as we uh, we embarrass Neil for good calls. Again, money going to the Boys and Girls Club in North Mississippi and to United Way of the Mid-South. So uh, check in for that, and we'll have anything else that goes on at Ole Miss Athletics as the weekend and the week moves on. So appreciate you, appreciate Braden and Haley, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon.